Welcome to the podcast. Today's guest is, I would say, a certified badass, and uh, he's my neighbor. That is, by the way, the technical term. He is a fifth-degree black belt in Taekwondo, football star. In college, he won the Heisman Award in the NFL. He played for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, the Minnesota Vikings, Philadelphia Eagles, and the New York Giants. He has been an MMA fighter, track and field savant, an Olympic bobsledder, a ballet dancer, a chef, a restaurateur, an author, a reality TV star. He does everything at the top. He's also an advocate for mental health, an advocate for physical health. He's he's sharing a story in this that is really phenomenal, uh, a conversation you don't want to miss a second on. He's now co-chair on a presidential council, outspoken political voice when he doesn't have to. He's a man who has undergone an unimaginable journey and a friend. Please welcome Herschel Walker. Herschel, how are you, man? I'm doing well. This is good. Uh, This is my last day of COVID quarantine. Uh, The family had it, and so today's my last day. I can't believe I'm in my house, and you're like four doors down, and you're in your house, but uh, good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. I I, I just could have just walked over to your house and stayed in another room. Yeah. Uh, so I have so many questions. You are a fascinating guy. I want you to know, first of all, oh. I don't know anything about sports. So I've got I've got a couple of questions uh, that I had my staff come up with. You know, if you have Herschel Walker on, you, you got to talk about sports. I know nothing about it, but I know your name. Uh, you know, that says something to me, a guy who's completely oblivious to sports. Uh, I know. Uh, I know uh, that that's what people probably know you best for, but I don't think that begins to tell the story of you at all. Uh, You're a bobsledder. uh, You're a wildly successful businessman as well. Uh, I mean, I, I, if you don't mind, I just kind of want to run through your life a little bit and just kind of get a snapshot of you and, and how you did all of this? Well, you know, I, I think the problem I think people have with me is that uh, they think that I am an athlete. And I said, guys, I didn't grow up, and this is honest truth. I didn't grow up uh, watching sports. I didn't grow up uh, wanting to be an athlete. And today, I would still tell you, I think I'm a good competitor. I don't know whether you can say I'm an athlete, but I'm a, I'm a very, very good competitor. I will compete. On any, any level, I don't care what it is. That may be the reason that I've had success at a lot of different areas because yeah. I think when you go out and work, you work hard. Like you're, you're the best at what you do and you work at it. Yeah. It ain't like it just happens. And that's what I tell people. Right. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to go work at it. And I'm going to work yeah. as hard as anyone else and I'm going to get better at it. So uh, let me let me start, because I think there is something to the way you were bullied when you were a kid. The things that you have overcome, uh, you've overcome in your life that uh, I think may have led to this attitude of I'm just going to be successful. I'm just going to overcome because you had a speech impediment and you were a fat kid, right? Yes. Yeah. My mom said I was big bone. I wasn't fat. I was big bone. Right. But, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, you know, what, what, what's funny is, uh, you know, uh, I also was raised in a church. Uh, and my mom would always tell me, because I remember when a doctor told my mom and my dad that I would never be anything. And this is coming from a doctor. Because as a little boy, like I was saying, I was overweight. I had these knots on my knees. I could barely walk. And having a speech impediment, I was a goofy little kid. And the doctor told my parents, you know, uh, you know, he's going to be okay. You know, just keep him comfortable. He'll be all right. And I remember getting in the car, driving home. And my mom turned to me and she said, my nickname is Bo. And she said, uh, Bo, uh, don't worry about it because he is not the true doctor. And I didn't know what Mm -hmm. she meant by that. And she said, you know, you're not going to use excuses in life. 
And I remember getting beat up my last day of school in the eighth grade. I remember by this kid by the name of Anthony Logan. I still remember his name. I remember getting beat up by him. And all the kids thought it was so funny. <laughs> they laughed at me, and I was crying and stuff. And, and I remember getting home. And I still remember the voice said, enough is enough. I said, no one else ever beat me up again, and no one would ever put me in the corner again because, you know, I had teachers that put me in the corner because I had a speech impediment. They thought I could never learn. So I went out on my own and started training. I went and started getting books out of the library and started reading. My speech got a little bit better. I got bigger and I started feeling good about who I was. And I went back to school and almost with these blinders on that what kids was amazed about me is that I could run faster than anyone now. I can, and I was, I was, you know, I was valedictorian in my class and now people are amazed at this kid Jeez. that was nothing. It changed almost overnight, but it was a whole summer. But that's what you call dedication. And that's why I tell people today, and, and, and you know this, if you want something, you got to dedicate yourself to go get it. That's what's sad mm-hmm. about going on in this country today. People want something, but they don't want to dedicate themselves to work to make it change. They think they can take it from someone. And that's the reason I get yeah. so angry because I know it takes work. You know, it takes work to go out to, and, you know, everybody want to be, uh, I remember everybody want to be Stephen Curry. Every kid in the, in the, in the inner city, every kid in America want to be Stephen Curry or Tiger Woods. And I said, guys, have y'all seen them when they were three years old? When that dad had them out there shooting a basket or hitting a golf ball? This is just mm-hmm. happening overnight. You know, these people have trained over and over again. And, you know, prime example, you know, I've been in martial arts for almost 40-something years. I'm a fifth-degree black belt in Taekwondo. Uh, when I was in college, I used to fight in uh, martial arts tournaments uh, on Sundays after church. I would play Saturdays, go to church Sunday morning, and I fought in martial arts tournaments Sunday afternoon. Well, in my upper age, I'm not going to say how old I was, I want to get into the MMA world. And people are like, no, you can't do that. I said, no, I can do that. Well, I uh, decided that uh, I had this friend by the name of Scott Coker who was running, uh, at that time he was running, uh, oh, uh, oh, gee, a strike force. Well, he brought me to California. And he, uh, you know, and I'm a Taekwondo, fifth degree black belt Taekwondo. And he matched me up with five different disciplines, uh, MMA guys. And I did okay. I did okay. I, I'm not going to say I was great. I did okay. And he said, uh, Herschel, if you don't, if you dedicate yourself by going to a great gym, I'll get you a fight. Well, for almost nine to ten months, I went out to San Jose, California, went to AKA, and trained with some of the best fighters in the world. A guy that get ready to fight for the world championship again, Daniel Cormier, who's my wrestling coach, Kane Velasquez, some of the best fighters in the world, for almost nine and a half months, almost six days a, a week almost nine hours a day, and I got a fight. But I'm going to tell you right now, if I had not gone to that camp, even though I was a fifth-degree black belt and Taekwondo, I would have gotten destroyed. And I said, you have to dedicate yourself if you want to be good. Now, if you don't want to be good, it's okay. It's okay. If you don't want it, it's okay. If you want something you've never had, you have to do something you've never done. Uh, and a lot of times that's just working. I know a lot of people that, you know, would like this job or this, this life or that celebrities. No, you really don't because, uh, when you really look into it, there's too much work for people. There's just, you know, right. I, I've been trying to paint and I've been taking lessons and I work you know, in the middle of the night, sometimes I'll get up and I'll just work on my painting. Uh, because you know, it's it's not even a second job; it's just a love. But I want to be good at it, and yeah. most people just aren't willing to sacrifice the time and the effort to really get good at something. No, and and that's true. You know, I I, I tell people this. You know, people laugh. Because I'm not a weightlifter. I never, I didn't lift weights. You know, I didn't grow up in an area that had a great weight program. And I remember my mom and dad telling me not to make excuses in life. 
So I started doing thousands of push-ups and sit-ups and all that. And people laugh like it's a joke. And I said, guys, my problem I got is I don't have uh, 500 pounds of weights that I can go out and try to lift to compete against those guys that I'm going to have to compete against. But what I do have is I got a floor and I got a couple of trees that I can climb and do chin-ups on tree limb. So mm-hmm. <laughs> when those people that have been lifting 500 pounds show up to compete against Herschel Walker, I'm going to know I will be your hunkerberry because I'm not going to lay down for anyone. Mm-hmm. And I will work mm-hmm. my tail off to show them. Yeah, and you know how hot it get here in Texas. It get 100, oh, 100 degrees. Well, do you know yeah. I used to run with a full warm-up suit when there's 102 degrees out. And people used to laugh. Like, He's crazy. I said, no, no, no. I got to play football next year. So I'm not going to be playing against your grandma. I'm not playing against right. your grandpa. I'm going to be playing some of the best athletes in the world. And they don't like Herschel Walker. And I said, I want them to know <laughs> I don't like you either. And so that's the reason I work the way I work. But that's what you call dedication. But I tell people, some people, you don't have to do that. You know, it's, it's like right now, everybody want to sit on the couch and tell people what they need to do. Is that not funny? Everybody mm-hmm. wants to sit on the couch and mm-hmm. tell you how it's supposed to be. And I said, no, why don't you dedicate yourself? And then, then you can tell me how it's supposed to be like. <clears throat> yes, and not to be mean, but sort of like, I didn't vote, but I'm going to tell you how the president should be ran. <laughs> right. You vote? Right. <laughs> hey, I didn't vote, but <laughs> right. I, I'm mad. <laughs> vote. You got to yeah. vote. <laughs> yeah, do something. Yeah. So, Herschel, do you think, I mean, you you had severe difficulty with weight and your speech when you were young. Uh, was it really over a summer, just one summer where you turned that around? Uh, it, it was. It was uh, my, the summer of from the eighth to the ninth grade. But, you know, uh, Glenn, I worked. I'm trying. I, I uh that summer, you know, I, I tell people I was doing about 5,000 sit-ups, 5,000 push-ups every day. And it may have been more because, you know, I love television. So I may have started like at 7 o'clock at night. And during every commercial of a TV show, I would do push-ups. I would do sit-ups. And then in the mornings, I'm up where I'm climbing trees doing chin-ups on a tree limb. And then I'm out when my father was a farmer. I'd get out and run in this field. I'm like, this is every day. Like seven days a week, you know, I would go to church Sunday morning, and then I go out uh, in the afternoon. I'm out there working out, so it wasn't that. Uh, and I was like, "This is every day." And this is what I tell people today: I've worked out every day of my life now since I was 12 years old. I never miss a day of workout. And people say your body got to rest, and I said, "Yeah, it may, but I, but I'm fine. I'm healthy as a horse. I feel good, and so I don't I don't argue with people." You know, I, I I just go by how I heard you walking field. I I I will tell you that uh have you ever met Tony Robbins? You yes, know Tony yes, Robbins? I have. Yes. Okay. That guy is the same way. He he gets up no matter what, every single day he goes into a plunge pool, I think it's like fifty five degrees or fifty degrees, something like that, cold. Very good. Um and and he forces himself to do it. He never takes a day off because as he told me, he said, I have to tell my body, I'm in charge of you. You're not in charge of me. Charge of me. And that's exactly right. There, right. There's something, there's really something to that. It is. And I'll tell um, people this. If you quit one time, you're going to quit the rest of your life. When you have a workout and you say, okay, today I'm going to do like four miles and then I'm going to uh, do an exercise bike, maybe 15 miles. And then I'm going to go out and maybe do something. If you don't finish, you're going to quit every day the rest of your life. And I said, I don't care if you have to walk to finish the four miles. I don't care if you have to go slower to finish this fight. At least finish the distance you say you're going to do. Because if you don't today, it's going to be easier to quit tomorrow. When you think of your future, you think of goals, where you want to be. 
substitute dreams for goals and suddenly you are planning a bigger future because no one ever has small dreams dare to dream bigger and start your bigger future with a degree from ashford university ashford university's online bachelor's and master's degree programs allow you to learn on a convenient and flexible schedule at ashford expert facility uh, faculty teachers uh, teach you real world skills from real world experience in online classes built for life's twists and turns you can learn from home or wherever you feel comfortable you can pursue a degree in one of ashford's 60 plus programs like business administration healthcare administration psychology with 24 7 access to your classroom daily support and financial aid available ashford will give you the tools you need to go from dreaming to doing go from Dreaming to doing something that you never thought was possible. It's your bigger future, and it starts today at Ashford University. No fee to apply or standardized testing required to enroll. Just go to ashford.edu slash Beck. That's ashford.edu slash Beck. Not all programs are available in all states. Do you think you would be the same person uh, if you would not have had those difficulties do you think no I, i'm I, yeah because no, I, I i mean i'm an alcoholic and i've had yeah. you know you my yeah. yeah it changes you if if you yes. can conquer whatever it is uh yes. it, you are a stronger better person i i am and i tell people uh you know the kid that beat me up i say i love to see him today and people say oh when you beat him up i said no 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 i probably thank him I probably think mm. because he didn't just beat me up. He woke me up. But, you know, late in life, I had problems because of that, because I didn't deal with it. And the same thing mm -hmm. as you were talking about you being an alcoholic. You know, sometimes yeah. you uh, you you put those things to the side. You don't deal with that problem. But once you've dealt with it and you've gone through it, you understand it because you've been on that side now. Now you know how so, to be stronger. It makes you stronger. I, I again, I don't know anything about sports, so please, I'm going to butcher this story. But um, uh, Michael Jordan, when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, uh, shocking how he used that moment to call out all of the people who had done him wrong. And he was still kind it, he was carrying that with him where, you know, I, I personally think a more enlightened person and it shocks me that Michael Jordan was fueled on that anger. Um, you would get to that point and you'd be like, you helped me because you said I couldn't do it. I thank you for saying that because right. I did do it. You drove yeah. me. Well, you know, that's 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 it. You know, when you say that, it brought tears to my eyes because, you know, in my life, I use my anger as my coping mechanism through athletics and almost every, everything I ever done, I used it as my coping mechanism, but I put it back in the bike back here and I went out and conquered everything. Everything I ever competed in, I've won it. And, and I didn't deal with it. And then when I uh, got out of sports, now it's being displayed in my house and on the streets and people thought Herschel Walker was crazy. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, Herschel can't be crazy because why is I got a problem? It's not me. And I later come to find out it was me. And that's why I used that. I said that, you know, that anger that I had helped me to overcome so much, but I didn't deal with it. Mm -hmm. you know, all that pain I had, I didn't deal with that pain. Mm -hmm. So I used that pain as my coping mechanism to overcome. And I said, so what I did, I ended up going to a hospital. People don't even know Herschel Walker went to a behavior health hospital. You used to call it crazy hospital back in the day. But you can't yeah. say that today because HR get kind of no. managed. But I went to a behavior <laughs> health hospital. And uh, I went to this hospital and I started thinking everybody in this hospital is crazy except Herschel Walker because, you know, I played mm -hmm. football, won all these awards. I was valedictorian in my class. Sure. I was working on problem. And then uh, it hit me that we all fall short of the glory of God. We thought that was a young woman in there that was going through what I was going through. I was diagnosed with having this dissociative identity disorder. And that's like, with the, 
Right. That that used to be called, I think, schizophrenia or or uh, uh, personalities. Split like personalities. Was like a sibling. It was almost like that a is sibling. crazy. And uh, and I'm thinking they're crazy. I know I know I'm not civil because I seen that TV show. And yeah. I'm thinking I know I'm not that person. And as I look back over my life, Glenn, this what a freak you out. I look back over my life, and I write and journal all the time. You know, I would win a Heisman Trophy, NFL rushing title, NFL fastest man on Olympic team, all the great things I ever done. I journal all the time. Well, all my journaling that I wrote was all sad. It was all anger. I never, I never read this stuff, and it scared me to death. I never talked about joy. All I talked about was pain. And I said, you know, what's going on with me? Well, what was going on is I was angry all the time. So going to that, and there was a young lady that was being abused by her husband. Her husband was beating on her. And when I first got into the hospital, she gave me a different name than who she was. And when she trusted me, she gave me the right name. And the doctor said, her, it's because she was being abused. And to protect herself, she sure. became another person. Well, I didn't like that guy kids were picking on. I didn't like that guy kids were beating up. So remember, I became this incredible hook person that can do some amazing mm. things. I can run faster, jump or jump higher. I can do all these amazing things. So I didn't deal with all this pain. You know, some people may use alcohol. They may use drugs. They may use cutting or overeating as a coping mechanism because they don't want to deal with all the stress in their life. Sure. And that's what I did. When I went to this hospital, I realized that that's what was going on with me. But so wait, now, but wait, this but, but but hang on just a second. But a split personality disorder, it is to protect you, your core from the pain, yes. if I understand it right. Um, yes. But it's it's the way you're describing it is um, a little confusing to me because it, it, it um, there's a lot of people um, that have used pain to, you know, comedy is fueled by pain, et cetera, et cetera. But you but you had the disos- dis- disassociated uh, uh, personality, right? So well, you didn't know you were doing these things, did you? Yeah, let me help you understand. OK, some people can deal with it and you never know it's any different. It's sort of like leaving home with the wrong hat on. And this yeah. will help you to understand what I'm talking about. You know, I, 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 I work with young men and women today in the military. We take our young men and women today from these from America, the greatest country in the world, where they may grow up in my little hometown like Wrightsville, Georgia. Well, they don't hear gunshots, bombs going on, all this mm. crazy stuff that's happening. Well, also, we take them and send them over to these terrible, terrible countries where every night, because I've been over there, where you hear bombs go off, you hear gunshots, you hear all this stuff going. Then not only that, you have all these different smells, all this stuff is happening. And then you send them outside this wire. And this is what I want America to hear. You send them outside this wire into a area where they never know if they're coming back. They never know if their head is going to be blown off. But yet they go out and do their job. Then they come back within that wire where they say, but you hear the gunshot. You're all nervous. You don't know what you're going to do. Well, that person that leaves inside that wire to go outside that wire maybe comes someone else to survive. Mm-hmm. Because let me tell you, the average person can't take that. Some people can handle that. But some people can't. But one that can't handle it doesn't mean they're crazy. Right. They don't mean anything wrong, but they, they, what they did, they became someone else so they could deal with that fear. They became mm-hmm. someone else so they could deal with that fear. Sort of like, this is what's going to freak you out. Do you know I, I'm afraid to speak? A You're afraid to speak? I am scared really? to around a crowd of people. And people, wow. you know, they look at me as one of the uh, top 100, well, top whatever, whatever speakers in the country. But I'm scared to death to speak. I'm afraid, afraid of crowds. But I tell people this: I got a personality inside of me that can handle that. <laughs> so, that's not okay. And I tell people this: that's, that's why I'm going to deal with it. I said that's what happened. It's not that that it, it just that I didn't like that fat little stuttering kid that was growing up. I didn't like him. Yeah, so, yeah. Laughing. I didn't like him, so I became this hook. So I went out and conquered stuff. I became this guy that became valedictorian in my class. I became this, uh, so, this person. Go but ahead. But you had to, 
you you at some point you find yourself in the hospital you have to deal with that and put it right otherwise it will eventually destroy you right you're, you're exactly right i'm gonna tell you something that's gonna freak you out people get nervous about it <clears throat> i said you know i'm gonna tell you something that people don't know about her i'm a christian i love my mm-hmm. lord jesus christ i love jesus my and i and that's the reason that today I speak what I speak. I speak about it, about what's going on in this country. People can dislike me, they can call me names, but my Lord Jesus Christ said, he without sin cast the first stone. You know, how do you ask your fellow father to forgive you if you can't forgive your fellow man? So my thing is, <clears throat> we all fall short of glory of God. Well, what I had to do is deal with what was going on with me. I knew I'm not perfect. I used to take a gun. If people came to my house to compete against me, I was so screwed up, Glenn. I, well, I won't say screwed up because uh, that personality wasn't screwed up, but he was lost. Yeah. I was so lost. I would take a gun, put a bullet in it, spin it, put it in my head, and pull the trigger. Wouldn't even think about it. And people say, you were trying to commit suicide? I said, no, no, no. That's how competitive Herschel Walker was. I trained so hard. Wow. I trained so hard that I don't think people train the way I train. People don't go out in 110 degree weather and run five miles. People don't do 5,000 push-ups. They don't go do all that. They don't go out, you know, uh, another prime example. You know, I uh, competed in a superstar my very first year. You know, I was a pretty good athlete. I remember 1986. I was a decent athlete, and everyone expected me to go into the finals. And they have five, ten athletes on this side, ten on the other side, and five from each side make the finals. Herschel Walker didn't make the finals this first year because I was too arrogant. I just knew I was going to do it. Well, I was so disgusted with myself. I flew home to Dallas, Texas from, uh, I think we were in the Bahamas. I flew home to Dallas, Texas. Two in the morning, I went out to the Cowboy training camp and started training. I said, it'll never happen to Herschel again. I think the next two years, I was a superstar. And I said, because people didn't work the way I would put in. Well, that's to how dedicated I was. Well, I was because I, I had that anger that can do that. But I had it. But you do, but, 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 but hang on. But you also, you do it now without that anger. Oh, so, no, I do it now because. Let me tell you the reason I yeah, do it so, now. Yeah. I don't think everybody should get a baseball chest because they lose. I don't believe in this. Uh, <laughs> everyone should be rewarded because I said there's some kid in Tufelo, Mississippi that's reading about Herschel Walker. And you remember that movie like Rocket and Rocket 3 when he fought Mr. Mm-hmm. T and Rocket was his champion and he was kissing these babies and the babies just taking pictures and stuff and they cut away to Mr. T and he's hitting the bike and he's sweating and stuff because Mr. T really wanted to fight Rocket. And Rocket was now the champ. Well, I said, that's mm-hmm. all people ever read about Herschel Walker is how I work out. It doesn't matter about my age. It doesn't matter about who I am. They want to, they're getting ready to compete against me. Even my nephews and nieces, they're getting ready. They want to compete against their uncle. <laughs> well, I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to let nobody just show me up on YouTube. It don't happen. I'm like, guys, I still can compete. So when you show up, I want to let you know I'm ready. I'm not going to like just lay down. And, and that's why I say, guys, you know, I, I, still can, I still do what I do because I can do it. You know, I'm, it's not like I can't. You know, people ask, can I play today? And I say, well, probably. I can do, you know, I can play just as well as some people. You know, I'm not going to say I'm going to be like I was when I was done. But I guarantee you, I can give a right. couple of plays. I can do a couple of things today that can help a team. I can promise you that. People that you think couldn't, I can fight. I stepped in the cage. You, you the couldn't. Pl- you couldn't play as well as Colin Kaepernick, though, right? Well, I guarantee you, I probably could. You know, and, and, and that's what, <laughs> I think you could. You know, and people, people, let me say this. You know, I, I and I say this, and people get mad at me, and that's what that's why I hate this culture we're in today. Calvin, you know, he, he maybe he can play, maybe he can play. I don't know, but he was not playing. When he decided to kneel. And mm-hmm. I said, guys, I didn't have a problem with him kneeling. My problem was that he was in a San Francisco 49ers uniform doing it on the job. 
you have a contract when you sign, and I think everybody signed it, that there are certain things you can do on your job and you can't. Well, mm -hmm. when the people start saying, oh, yes, you can do that freedom of speech, yeah, you do have freedom of speech, but not on your job. Yeah. You know, you come on my job and start telling me what you want to do. It's like we're becoming yeah. this culture that now we're going to bully someone into doing what you want them to do, not what they should be doing. All right, we'll finish our conversation with Herschel Walker here in just a second. But first, let me just uh, ask you if you've noticed your hair isn't looking as full as it used to. Losing your hair is no fun, but there are options now. This is something that I was obsessed with when I was a kid because my dad was bald. And, uh, you know, there wasn't there wasn't any hair growth products except, you know, witchcraft <laughs> Back when I was a kid, but we liked it. Anyway, um, you know, you have to go to the pharmacy. You try not to go broke after you've gone to the doctor and sat in the office with all the sick people and everything else. And oh, my gosh, you don't have to do that anymore. Try keeps K.E.E.P.S. from the comfort of your lazy boy. You can get the same doctor recommended FDA approval approved hair loss treatment keeps offers the generic versions for about half the cost and the other thing that i love about keeps is it's all online you answer a few questions you snap a few pictures of your hair and a licensed doctor is going to review your information and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you then it's shipped directly to your door i mean you don't have to do anything i mean this is for a couch potato uh i mean maybe herschel doesn't mind walking to the cvs me not a prayer. Let me get you started with a deal from Keeps. It's a special deal. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash save. You'll get 50% off your first order of Keeps hair loss treatment. It's Keeps dot com slash save. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash save. When I was at Fox, uh, you know, I would say things on my radio show, which I owned, et cetera, et cetera. But when I was at Fox, I worked for Rupert Murdoch. Uh, that yeah. was his license. That was his company. And there were things that he would say, you know, please don't. Now, I would never say the things that if, you know, somebody was telling me to say them. But as I said to, you know, the uh, the Murdochs and and Roger Ailes. Look, I work for you, so right. you can't tell me what to say. But if that's not what you want representing, you know, the company, I'm your employee. It's not my right to come in and pee all over your room. You built right. this. And if I don't like it, I'll go find my own room. Go you know what I mean? And I don't. That's yeah. Right. People don't understand that today. And that's why you I don't have a. That's why I, I want America to stand up. Guys, stand up for what's right. You know, stand up what's right. I'm not telling you stand up for but, something. Stand up for what is right. Do you think? Do, do, do you think we? I mean, I, I just did a monologue today about. I'm becoming more pissed off at the people of Seattle than the rioters. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, no, I am. The leaders of Seattle. Where? Right. Just, where are where are the people up. of Chicago standing up saying stop this right now? Right. Where are? And there's more people in Seattle that would say, stop it, and I don't want this, than there are people that are doing it. You know, Muhammad are Ali you sure? You know, one of the great words Muhammad Ali said, and I tell people, I was, guys, I'm not saying this, but you got to think of it like this. How many hunters would go hunting if a rabbit could carry a gun? Think about it. <laughs> How many people go hunting if a rabbit could carry a gun? If the people in Seattle decided to say, guys, I don't want this anymore. Y'all got to stop this because right. we have a system and the leaders in Seattle. You got to go to that, that mayor, go to that governor, say, no, we don't want this. We want law. You know, you got a right to do that. And you know what? Get them out of office. Get them out of office because this is a country built on law. Then you can release someone right now. And, and I was just joking to someone. I said, so is the law not for black people today? Can we do whatever we want to do? And we get away with it. You know, can we do that today? And and are all white people racist? Evil. Is this country right. nothing but evil? I mean, it it's it is it's sad. And you know what's sad about it? My mom said something, and I told people this: as guys, if you want to know answer to stuff, why don't we go to some of the older people? That was around during those times because you know, I watched this young yeah. lady uh, from Chicago talking about 
doing things and just for reparation and all that. And I said, you weren't even around during that time. And then yeah. she said something about, you know, they have insurance. And so I said, you know, I want to tell her, they may not have ride insurance. You see, I think about that. And then she also put her face out there so the insurance company should sue her. So they got to pay. So like you cause an accident, they go after you. But I, my problem I got is you sit and you listen to that. And I want to say, people, do y'all not want to wake up? And Glenn, I want to say something. And, you know, I want to say something that probably going to make a lot of people mad. Republican Party need to wake up. Amen. It's time Hey, it's time for them to it's time for them to fight because I see the Democratic Party doing whatever they want to do. You know, if, if you say your name wrong, they want to send you to jail. If you are mm-hmm. uh, get out of your seat the wrong way or jaywalk, they want to send you to jail. And the Republican Party they're nice and we want to have a hearing. Oh, we're here about it. You know, we've been having hearings all our lives. Nothing to be done. Yeah, I know. And I say, guys, y'all it's, need to wake up and start the fight. It's one of the things, you know, that I uh, at first, I didn't like about Donald Trump that he is he is an agent of chaos. He lives in chaos. He thrives on chaos. You know, um, however, because of that, he may be uniquely equipped and maybe one of the only people that truly can navigate through that world and still say, I ain't afraid of you. I don't care what you do. The more you do it to me, the more I like it. So keep going. I mean, it's... uh, You need leaders like that. that, And it's not what he says, it's what he does. And that's why I keep mm -hmm. telling people, you need leaders that's not afraid to step out there and do this. And I'm going to say this. We're going to the grandpa and grandma effect. And what I mean by that is, there's people in Washington, and they got to forgive first of all. There's people in Washington that have been there forever that's the reason nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to talk about changes. Nothing has changed because they've been there forever. They won't change anything because uh, this hasn't been just going on uh, since Trump, Donald Trump administration been in office. Oh. All this stuff been going on been going on for a long time. It just just happened yesterday. He, Nobody has done he is he is the product of a system that has failed, and people tried to change it and tried to change it and tried to change it, and then they finally said. You know what? I think he'll actually do it. So and this was what? brought on by and they won't even by give credit for what he's done. That's what's so funny. I'm like, God, give yeah, him credit. I'm not here to preach him, but I'm here to say, God, give him credit because this president has met with people that I can tell you right now, a lot of other presidents would have never met with, and they've had a chance to do certain things that he's done that they didn't do. And this is for African American, for his Latino American, for everyone, they've had a chance to do it. They didn't do it. They've had a chance to deal with this kneeling or standing. Remember, Kaepernick started, what, two, three years ago? They had a chance because mm-hmm. they had to hear about it. They did nothing. And now they want to say something about it now? And it's like, guys, you've had a mm-hmm. chance to do this. And I'll tell you the worst thing that really made me angry is right at this point today, we have a vote coming up in just a couple of, say what, about a month and a half, wait, no, like two months, mm-hmm. three months, or whatever. Mm-hmm. We have a coming up. We have our leaders in Washington want people to go into this voting booth angry because you won't give them money. They have no money. They have no food on their table. They, have, they, don't, they can barely keep a roof over their head. You're the, the government want to dictate how they live their life. You want them to go into this voting booth to vote on the most powerful man in the world who should represent us. And then you have people who's now standing up saying they want to represent us like a wolf and she's clothing. They don't want to debate. They stay in the basement. They don't want to talk. But then yet they're a great person when they've been in office. I'm not to be, I hate to be mean for 50 something years. I want to know where you stand today. I want to know who you are. Give the people an opportunity to know who you are without having anyone holding up a sign that you have to read. Because we're in a, you know, we fought a civil war once. We fought a civil war, and that's where we're at right now. We want law and order, or we don't. And, you know, it's so funny, and I'm going to say this, because people said that Donald Trump came to office. Because if this is a society that people want with no law and order, Herschel Walker and his family don't want to be in the United States of America anymore. 
If oh, we don't order in this country no more, I don't want to be here anymore. I do want to move. And I can guarantee so, you if there's no order, I am moving. So the problem with that is, is because I feel the same way. If there is no law and order in America, there most likely won't be any law and order in the in the world. China will just gobble things up. Russia will gobble things up. Where do you go? It's it's Reagan. We are the last bastion. This is this is the Alamo. Well, that's what they want us to be. And that's why I said that's what they want us to be. You look at what's going on today. And this was so fun. They don't want you to go to school no more. You can't go to church. You can you can you can riot. You can uh, protest because it's peaceful. But, you know, in the peaceful protest, 50 something cops are getting injured, but uh, they can't fight back. So I'm like, I'm confused because they don't want to change anything right now. You know what, Glenn, I'm going to say something. I probably shouldn't tatter there. Do you know right now I have something that can bring you into a building that will clean you from covert as you walk through this, this dry mess? As you walk through the door, it will kill any COVID on your body. EPA, FDA approved. When you leave, it will kill the virus as you leave this here product. Then I have something. You can go and spray down this product. Do you know they don't want to talk about that? They don't want to hear about that. I, I, I will tell you, I, I, I'll tell you, um, Herschel, that... Um, you know, the more investigation we've done, you know, we're like a, we're over 150 days now uh, of into our 15 day flatten the curve experiment. And I I look at it and I uh, there is there's something more going on and it is teaching us to be controlled. It is teaching yeah. us that uh, we're going to change everything. And it's it's uh, it's frightening, uh, truly frightening. You're in the restaurant service industry you provide uh supplies to restaurants right i i uh i uh i sell chicken i'm in the protein business where i got into the food service business industry about 23 years ago and i've been very fortunate to build a, a larger minority-owned food company in the united states i sell to cisco u.s food restaurants all over the uh, country hotels casinos Jeez. Uh, uh god has blessed me uh, you know, and one thing about it is, is I didn't get into the business to make money, not that I'm an idiot, <laughs> but I mm, thought if I could right. a man a job, I'd give himself work. And I thought as long as the company paid for itself and I can help people to work, that's one of my contributions I can do to America because I've been blessed. You know, mm. I come from right before you talked about all the things I've had. Well, it didn't just come from Herschel Walk, it came from my Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm supposed to help uh, help other people. So I want to give them jobs. And I've been very fortunate to build another company as well through that and to give people jobs. And even during this pandemic, I didn't lose one worker. I put uh, protocols in place that I can help uh, I can help people out and we can stay working and keep people, uh, you know, keep people happy. And, and that's what I've done. You know, and it, it's been hard. It's hard, and that's why you know I, I tell people even in that I said, guys, we have an opportunity to help each other. Why are we not doing that? You know, like I said, I love anyone's faith. You got to have a foundation. I'm not, I'm not care. I don't care what faith you are. You got to have a foundation that when you're falling, you got to be able to land somewhere. And having that foundation helps you to land somewhere, and that's what I've been able to do. So tell me about the restaurants that you serve uh how what is the feeling of people through this covid and being shut down and how are they how are they making it you know it is it, very difficult you know it's very difficult you know and, and and you know i think the people in washington try to say oh you can do uh like open 50 percent or 40 percent up and they realize you can't make money to put it like that you really lose money you know, you got to pay electricity, you got to pay workers, you got to do just up. And I don't know, I don't know who people in Washington think they're business people, but they're not. You can't make money doing like that. You're going to lose money. Right. And I said, these right. people are, you know, they're struggling. They're struggling, you know. And you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to name the company, but I'm, I'm confused why they can have some people open, but some people can't open. Uh-huh. Some people can open, but some people can't open. Like, that, it makes no sense. And, uh, you know, some of the people that I service, I hotel. 
you know, the hotel industry has really been hurt. It's been hurt really, really bad right now. And I and you know, and, and I pivoted out trying to find other ways to help them. And that's one of the things I talked about earlier that I have stuff that I think can help them. I have stuff that I can think can help schools. It had nothing to do with Herschel Walker, but it had to do with I can make a difference in this country. Well, in this, you know, and I pivoted out trying to do some retail. You know, most of them doing food service. Food service is going to be your restaurants, your hotels, your casinos, uh, you know, your QSR, quick food restaurants. And, and my business now is picking back up a little bit, but I'm still not 100% faster. And, you know, I changed, you know, now instead of doing a lot of raw products, you can do a uh, pre-cook, a par-cook. And, uh, and, and so uh, you sort of pivot out to try to help them out a little bit. Herschel, let me let me change the subject to your son, um, if you don't mind, and if you're uncomfortable, we we don't have to talk oh, about no, it. But because uh, I know what, okay, because I I know how I am with security in my family. Um, but your son, uh, I just saw a video of him talking about Black Lives Matter, and he had the facts down. I mean, he was really effective and very good. And then I watched a couple of other videos from him and and he's talking about how excited he is to be going to college at the university that he's going to, which is not uh, conservative. Uh, And and he's so excited about being there and going and he's excited about this experience. And I thought you are you because you're outspoken and you're effective I don't think it's going to be all that pleasant of a ride for him. No, it's not Have a pleasant you... ride for me uh, or him or a lot of my family. But again, I, I keep saying the truth is the truth. You know, uh, he loved the Lord Jesus. And, and I told people this, you know, the Black Lives Matter. I said, guys, you know, I understand Black Lives Matter. But to me, American Lives Matter because my son is not just uh, African-American. He's a... Uh, He's uh, Italian. He's also part Spanish. Oh, yeah. And so uh, American lives matter. And, and I said, people can call me whatever they want to call me. You know, coon, you know, the word coon. And I said, people, let me break you off something that you don't realize. A coon is one of the smartest animals out there. So that's a, that's a, that's a compliment to call me that. You know, call me another animal. Mm-hmm. That may not be as good, but a coon is a great name. But I go back to my son. I said, you know, I want him to finish school. And it's tough because he hear all this stuff and he want to speak out. And I'm like, God, uh, sometimes some things you should say and he's dead. If I don't say it, it hurts me to see what's going on in this country and you don't speak out. And that's why I tell everyone, people, we have to speak out. Right now, our leaders, some of them that agree into let this lawlessness go on is because the majority of the people are not speaking out. Because I can guarantee you, 80% of the United States of America don't like what's going on. Maybe even more. And if we continue to hide in the closet, when it do come time to speak out, it's going to be too late. We yeah. need to stop it before it gets worse. Right now, what's yeah, happening keep- is not right, it's not fair. And, and Christian, as a Christian, you know, again, this was so funny. Do people realize that this little boy graduated high school early? He started college as a sophomore. Speaks four different languages and writes them as well. He loved learning. He loved school. He loved, he's got his fights all down. But I tell people, Herschel Walker and his family are months. I have white people in my family. I have Italian people in my family. I have Spanish people in my family. I even have a Russian young lady in my family today. I have, we're all big bucks. Well, I'm going to tell the people in America something that they may not know. God has taken America. He put white in it. He put African American. He put Native American. He put all these different ethnicities in this, in this bowl. And he like mixed us up. And then what came out of uh, America was so wonderful, so beautiful, it made the best thing in the whole United States, the whole world, because it was all us together. And I keep saying, guys, tell me what you want. Instead of fighting, why don't people come up with solutions? You know, not to be mean, you know, Ms. Harris, Senator Harris, uh, Vice President Biden, 
the MS speaks of that I heard them talking about how this president they don't have a solution. My thing is, do they have one? Because I'm heard this thing. They say all I heard is these these Monday night couch what about. So I want to come up with solutions. You know, like if people are kneeling in the NFL, kneeling in the NBA, kneeling in Major League Baseball, and I even say Herschel Walker want to be on a board. Let's see what you want, how we can change it. I would go to Washington with you because, you know, we make, again, you know this, the amount of money these sports make makes enough money that we can send someone to Washington to sort of help change those laws to put it where we want them to be. <laughs> it is upsetting that right now we become a society that you're forced to do certain things. You know, we had, uh, and I'm not sure, and, I, I'm, and uh, you got to help me out with this, we had a couple of Black leaders, they call black leaders, that wrote a letter to the vice president saying, "If you don't elect a person of color, we're not going to vote for you." Mm-hmm. We get off doing that, act. you know. And then he comes out that he's going to have a woman, and I don't know why he said woman of color. And I'm like, so what about the people that you decided not to have? What about the best person for that job? What about the best person for that job? Not just to get a vote, because to be honest with you, I think just to say that is a racist statement. Because you're only getting a vote. You know, I see you in I, uh, all these churches, and not, not to be not to be mean, but he has been in office forever. Has he decided one time to change anything in the African-American community? Has they decided to change anything in the African-American community? You know, I'm in Africa. I haven't seen it. And I said, guys, I'm not out here tatting, but I said, this president here that has been in office for three years, and I'm not going to tell it, run down what he's done, but I said, do all the people at these historical black colleges even realize that he is one of the people that helped define historical black colleges? Do they even know that? Because sometimes, you know, the news media don't even put that out. They, they don't want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I heard this, which is, now tell me, I don't understand this. I heard Senator Harris talk about President Trump during her exception speech as vice president. She talked about him. But now all the news media don't want President Trump to say anything about her because she's a woman of color as vice president. So you can't say mm-hmm. nothing about her. Now you're going to be called a racist. Yep. You're going to be called names. But I think Biden hired her as a hired gun. Because so now she can go and sling all the dirt at him, but don't send nothing oh, back yeah. to her. Because you're gonna be you're gonna be this here. Because I, I asked people this now I'm confused. Now I'm, I'm gonna throw some knowledge. I'm confused because did the American people tell her they didn't even want her because they didn't vote for her to even come up in the election? She ended up dropping out. So they said, No, I don't want you as the president. So we went through the process. So or they now trying to get her back in through the back door. Don't don't fool me, because it's sort of like you're pissing on my leg, telling me it's rain. Because I'm, <laughs> and I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying anything bad. I'm saying, guys, think about it. That's all I'm saying. Think about this. We're becoming this country that everyone keeps fighting. We don't want to be because American people are afraid to be called racist. Well, I'm gonna tell you from Herschel Walker, just because you're standing up for justice and or something right don't mean you're racist. Is that a problem in this country? Yes, it is. But the way you solve it is by going to Washington, removing some of the people in Washington out of there, putting people in that now going to open up to how this society has changed. Because I told someone this, I said, AOC or whatever, she mm-hmm. said some, I totally disagree with it. I'm like, wow, she said some really crazy stuff. But I respect her as, <laughs> as a congresswoman. As because her people voted her in. But that's what's great about America. They don't have to keep her there. They can get rid of her later on. So I don't have to agree with her. I said that that's what's great about America. But when you're being told this is the only way you got to live, this is the only way you got to do, you got to elect this person, or I'm not going to vote with you, that goes back into the, uh, I'm going to force you to do certain things. Well, I don't like that. Herschel. People shouldn't Herschel. You live in a nice neighborhood uh, yeah. until the Becks rolled into town. 
Uh, but you live in a yeah. nice neighborhood. You have. I'm going to reverse that and say you were living in a nice neighborhood until I got here. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, you have you have a great job. You have a great image. You have a great history. You've accomplished so much. You have a great family. Your son is going out. Um, you could. You could lead in many ways and you could affect in positive ways. Um, but you you stand with the military, you stand with Donald Trump. That alone is police. costing you it, it oh, is oh, and oh. the police. Yeah, that is costing you a, a great deal. There's a lot of flesh that is being uh, paid for here. Um why why do what you're doing? Why can why now do you stand up and even go further and 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 put everything in jeopardy? Why? Well, I don't know whether I'm putting it in jeopardy, but I, I got to be able to live with myself. And what I what I mean by that, I got to be able to live with the truth. Because how in the world could I live with myself if I'm alive? Remember, I went to a hospital for being fake. I went to a hospital for not being honest. Well, what's honest right now is, is, is you know, I was raised by, uh, I was very fortunate raised by a mom and a dad. And some people don't have a, uh, a mom or a dad, or they may not have either. And I said, you know, I was fortunate being raised by them. But they taught me taking someone else's stuff is not right. Breaking the law is not right. That if you want to change something, Herschel, you change it through the system or you try to change the system. And I said, you know, they talk about this and maybe they need to help me with this word, systemic racism. And I said, systemic means it's embedded as a norm. Well, embedded as a norm means it's been happening for a long time. Well, we just finished with a black president that couldn't have happened 30 years ago. We have more African-American millionaires in the United States of America that couldn't have been 30 years ago. Can we change things? Yes. But you don't change it through violence. Violence is what happens when you start throwing this word racism out there. You know, that's what you do to hurt someone, what you quiet them down by saying, oh, you're racist. You're racist. You know, do they know what racism is? Racism is people harm. Racism is people burned. Racism is people beaten to death. You know, racism is goes back to those days. That's not racism. That's disagreement. If somebody disagrees with you, that's what it is disagreement because not to be mean, there's so many uh, multicultural people in this country today, you know, uh, it didn't, didn't anything. And that's what I said. And I'm going to fight for my rights. And I said, guys, if, and, and, I, and if I have to die, this is the honest truth. And Glenn, I'm going to say this. If I have to die, I'm willing to die. Because I said what is upsetting to me is for people to lie and to not want to do anything for these young people that are being killed. These are young kids that are being killed. And when people say, oh, they don't matter, what matters is what the police is doing. No, what matters is these young people being killed. What matters is there is black on black crime. Guys, let's, let's, let's talk about that. What hurts me is we can't even talk about it. So people want me to just go along with something fake. Well, God ain't going to let me into heaven if I'm fake because he ain't going to recognize me. And I said, I'm going to make try to get equality. And I may not see, it, but I want my son to get closer to seeing it. And if I'm going to be fake, I won't live here. And I, like I told you, I'll get up and I'll move. If I got to die for what I'm saying, because I'm not saying anything wrong. I'm just saying I want people, everybody to be treated right. But I'm trying to work it through the way it's supposed to be worked. I'm not trying to do it, not trying to force it on nobody. I, I, and I and I dare someone to steal something. You know, it was wrong for those people to break into those people's neighborhood. And all of a sudden now they're going to be prosecuted because they're going to defend their own property. You have these local governors and mayors telling the police, stand down, don't do anything. Why people throw bricks, throw mark, all this stuff at them. Oh, don't do anything. It's like, what are you doing? You know, is, there, is those city people going to stand up and say, no, we don't want this no more. You got to leave because I think what we need to do is create America Lives Matter. 
and stand in front of the police. And now we become a peaceful protest to protest against these. And then all of a sudden it becomes this civil war again. Because I'm confused why we have to keep putting up with it. And local government is just, they're okay. They're okay with people being killed. They're okay with people dying. They're okay with people with business being destroyed. It's like, oh, that's what it, that's the cost of doing business. Well, it's not right. Well, well I, I will tell you this, Herschel. Um, it's good to have you as a neighbor. It's good to have you as a neighbor. Uh, I think you might have been the person that have coined the term of our house, the the Beck compound. That's what I guess it's known as around around the neighborhood now. Uh, <laughs> you and your you and your family, if they come marching in, are welcome. Uh, we've got plenty of supplies and plenty well, of ways to protect ourselves. Hey, I stand with you in a day, Glenn. I <laughs> yeah, stand likewise. With you I stand yeah, with any likewise. Of my I stand with any of my neighbors in this neighborhood any day. And I don't care what they yeah. believe in. They can be they can be Democrat or Republican. I will stand with them any day because yep. right is right, wrong is wrong. And that's the way I believe. My parents taught me that. So l- let me ask you one sports question. Um, and I had the producers go through and I got a list of sports questions. But I got time for one. And I want to tie it to kind of really who you are. It's about things that happen that don't make sense or feel like a bad thing. Uh, and then you look back on it and it actually shaped you. So I'd like some perspective on this. Uh, in 1989, you w- were in one of the most controversial trades in all of uh, football. Uh, everybody said trading you from the Cowboys to uh, the Vikings, insane. Taking the star player, the, the best player and trading him away. But if that trade didn't happen, you, you might not have had the Dallas Cowboy, you know, the three Super Bowls and the dynasty. What, what are your reflective thoughts on that now? Well, you know, as I look back now, uh, and, and even when I looked at back at that, that, that time, you know, I, I, I couldn't believe that they even traded me because, uh, you know, I was an NFC Russian leader at that time. And but I, I, I said, I think Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson did the right thing. And if you uh, have read anything I ever said, I, I, I said, if I own a team, I will have Jimmy Johnson to uh, to run that team for me. I respect him that much. And he traded me. And I even like Jerry Jones as an owner. That's what people don't. You know, mm-hmm. I said, I like Jerry Jones as an owner. I, as, as long as I've been around uh, Mr. Jones, I've never seen him come down and try to run, be a coach and do all of that. He worried about his players. That is the honest truth. And, you know, and I went back and I played for him at my end. And I said, going to Minnesota was interesting. I didn't know Minnesota was. I'm like, hey, cold in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. Growing up in Georgia and then Dallas and then going to Minnesota must have been yeah. like you were in Alaska oh, or the North Pole. Remember, I went to New York. But going to Minnesota was like, whoa. But let me oh, tell you, that's, yeah. one of the best, that's one of the best places I ever lived in my life is Minnesota. And what's funny is the people got to know Herschel Walker. And I told people, if I ever run for a president, I guarantee I can carry the state of Minnesota. The people <laughs> got to know who I was, got to know who I was. And, you know, being honest, just like what I'm doing here, they knew I was going to tell you the truth. I'm not going to sit here and try to sugarcoat anything or try to make myself look good. You know, I, I have faults. I have my faults. But I, I'm going to work at it. I try to change and make it better. And then I went like- to... Uh, Go ahead. Hang on just a second. How do you feel about what's happening to the businesses and the people? I feel like uh, these towns have just abandoned uh, they, they people. The, yeah. And they're they're, they're all moving. But Go ahead. You know, I, I'm going to blame the citizen of Minnesota. Stand up to that uh, that state and local government. You know, you're abandoning people, businesses. You're abandoning. They, they, they let people destroy the businesses and and the, the local official, you know, uh, you stand down. You know, no, you don't stand down. You know, when, when all of a sudden, why do they have protection in? Why are they not standing down? You know, all the local officials that don't want, uh, the, want the police to stand down, what we need to do then is let's take all the money that they have, the security for them, and let's now defund the security for all the local officials that want the police to stand down. Let's take all that. Because I said, that can add up. And I said, guys, this is terrible. 
It is absolutely terrible because people work all their life. They have something destroyed. You know, that is awful. I, I wish I wish Donald Trump would uh, hire the the former uh, chief of police of Seattle. She was treated so horribly. She she had the officer's respect. She seems like she wanted to be in there. She should be some liaison well, to some of these cities because they're well, not going to listen to him, unfortunately. But she's she's remarkable. Well, I guarantee she's going to get another job. Uh, I think oh, because yeah. of what she stood for, and what, and and I think the officers respected her because she walked away yep. from something that she thought was terrible. Yep. She walked yep. away from yep. it, and you know, uh, let me tell you what's funny: when you want to win the Super Bowl, you don't disfund your team; you go out and buy better players. When you want to <laughs> win the championship, you don't go out and say, "I'm gonna take money out of this team, go out and buy no more players." And so, where did they get off that? Okay, to have a better police force. We're going to take money out of them. <laughs> I'm confused. It makes no yeah. sense. No sense. No, no sense. sense. Herschel, it is a pleasure to know you. It's a pleasure to be your neighbor. And uh, and to spend an hour with you is just, is it's been real fun. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And I, we're here. If you need, if you need supplies, we're here. Hey, <laughs> I'm not doing all these crazy things all the time. I got to find new workout things. Go doing the yeah. same old thing all the time, but I'm still doing it. Yeah, yeah. God bless you, Herschel. Thank, thank you very much. Just a reminder. I'd love you to rate and subscribe to the podcast and pass this on to a friend so it can be discovered by other people.